Our Live from Nashville series continues with Kent Blazy on the Music Universe podcast. Live from Nashville Coffees in Music City, USA, it's the Music Universe podcast on location. We are here, man. We are. Oh my Finally. gosh. In person. Your knees touching mine. Stop it. No, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> this is this this is just awesome. We came here, Nashville Coffees, to do some in-person interviews, and we also had the one that we're gonna, that we're doing here uh, over the phone. We just sat here and talked to Kent Blazy because today is Garth Day. It is yeah. as we're doing this. Yeah, um, you know, Triple Live Deluxe is out in six different uh, covers. You could call it configurations, I guess, and obviously fun, mm-hmm. limited and standard edition. Um, we initially were going to do Kent in person, uh, but due to COVID, uh, decided not to. Um, we had actually, either way, ran to Target in the morning to get copies. So, uh, And they claimed they only had one cover. They weren't put out. The poor <sighs> stock guy didn't know what he was looking for. So we're going to go back this afternoon, and hopefully everything will be out in the open they they should have the four covers uh and they only had the one of fun you're really pissed about this uh, yeah because (laughs) this is this is what i'm talking about with physical media yeah you you know me and my love for it yeah you can't even go to the store on release day morning and pick it up you have to ask them for it walmart's the same i've done it Mm -hmm. and when you ask them for it they don't know what they're looking for and if they do then you're lucky to find it and it's just, I just don't know why that stuff doesn't get put out before opening. There should be a skew it, schedule. Especially when the, the app shows you that that store has it in stock at 11 o'clock the night before. Yeah. So you think if you go that morning, you would find it, right? Yeah. Well, wrong. And this is not the first time. This is not the first store that's happened. But heaven forbid you ask them for it. Right. And they're annoyed that they have to go find it. So let's talk about the album because um, we can fold the our little review, because we have had access to Fun and to mm-hmm. Triple Live Deluxe yeah. for the last two weeks. Yeah. I have said to you, and I want to see if you agree, I think Fun is his best album since his comeback. Uh, Man Against Machine was a little too melancholy, a la The Chase. Right, right. Gunslinger was a little too hokey. What I mean by that is, have you ever heard like an artist like, and I think of Dion when I think of this. It, Dion has the Wanderer, Run Around Sue, classic stuff, and then you hear new records and it just sounds like something not polished. Mm-hmm. I didn't think Gunslinger was polished up to Garth's standards. I could be wrong. 18 was a great song. Sugar Pill, if you got the box set version, was a great Sugar song. Sugar Pill? Sugar, sugar cane. Oh my God! It's been a long morning. Sugar cane and pure adrenaline were great, but and bang bang about a heist is great, but on the as a whole record, missed the mark for me. Fun is just excellent. Fun is great. Uh, Gunslinger is great. However, I think the album titles should be switched. I actually think Gunslinger. Should have been called fun. Okay. You think this should be called Gunslinger? Yeah. Because fun, you know, has a lot of great, obviously fun songs, but it's got, it's ballads, but I feel like there are more up-tempo songs on Gunslinger. Yeah. 
and that would that. that would have been the Omnicall fun. But either way, I think they're both up there with each other. If you had to call Man Against Machine something that was not a ti- the title track, what would you call Man Against Machine? Uh, that's that's a good one. I, I I would probably take lyrics from a song, and call it something. I mean, it had a dark kind of title or, yeah. or a dark cover, so maybe a Night Train. Yeah. But that's a song on there. Yeah, Yeah, that's a song on there. Um, You know, I I I I like Man Against Machine. I like that. That was Uh, a great uh, one for the times. But uh, it was so dark. It was such a dark. I I love the song, the album. I'm with you, All American Kid. I I said it in my review when I released it. Should have been the comeback single. Talks about being a comeback kid in there and stuff. It it should have. That should have been. Well, they should. If they're gonna do a single from Triple Live now that it's a solo album, the All American Kid version on triple yeah i know spoilers just killer just it's a kill i'm not gonna go into detail it's just a killer version is it It the version from the acms uh no because the acms he uh didn't do that thing yeah and he uh they i i don't know if they went in and re-recorded it for that but he lipped it remember sparked a lot of controversy but yeah. he was doing multiple shows a night in multiple cities and got a lot of flack for lip syncing a four-minute song. He gets flack every time he lip syncs. Well, he also gets flack for doing his job and winning Entertainer of the Year so more you, times than the rest. Yeah, what did you think of... That's another episode. What did you <laughs> think of fun? I loved it, you know. Um, I, I listened to it once, and I did that for a reason. Because I'm... A, physical guy i want to get the album and i want to enjoy it with the artwork while i'm listening to it and if i listen to the digital in fact i just listened to the new tracks that i hadn't heard yet yeah so and obviously we've heard the first seven that have been released for the last year plus so i waited i'm waiting to re-listen to it as a whole collection when the limited is in my hand Mm -hmm. whenever i get back from this trip yeah that's the thing with Triple Lab. I only listened. I thought there were three. I didn't realize Much Too Young, which is the fourth, mm-hmm. was was one that hadn't been on there. Um, again, warranting a re-release. I don't know, especially if you took All Day Long out to put Much Too Young in you there. You know, I, I I feel like additional tracks could have still been added. I'm not crazy about honestly his version of Fishing in the Dark. I like the original. I could have seen that removed and maybe a couple others, but there are key Garth songs missing. I think Man Against Machine, as the first song that opens the tour, his first tour back, I think Man Against Machine should have been. Yeah, and this isn't set up as a show either. If you've listened to it, it opens with Friends in Low Places, so it opens with his biggest hit right there at front, and that's from the Ryman. Mm -hmm. So had, uh, had it open like an actual show and told the show story like he does in the concerts i i think that would have been more yeah but the smart people take the tv versions of his concerts like yankee stadium yeah and then they turn it into audio i have the audio of the ryman oh yeah i mean you can get it you know but um you know as far as i made it i recorded (laughs) it no there you go but but i mean as far as triple live deluxe i'm glad it got its uh you know by itself I wished, honestly, it would have come out by itself originally and then maybe appeared in all these other configurations. Yeah. So, since it is Garth Day, we are talking with newly minted, soon-to-be-inducted Nashville Hall of Famer, 
Kent Blazy, mm -hmm. uh, genius songwriter, wrote so many songs in my childhood, and now I have his number saved in my phone. Like, <laughs> what is our life? Right? It's so good to talk to him. And I didn't think we would get to talk to him again, but then this happened. Like you said at the top, we were supposed to interview him in person. His induction happened, and I said, we got to get him back and talk about this. Yeah. And he just, I almost get the sense he's more comfortable talking about Garth than himself. Do you get the sense? Yeah, seems like it. I yeah. mean, and he he credits, you know, Garth obviously is launching his career on that side of things and uh it's very he's a very humble guy so yeah. I, I i'm really glad that we got to chat with him even though it was on the phone uh we'll, we'll catch up with him at some it point it was good it meant a lot to me to do it with you next to me rather than everybody yeah virtual so yeah here's that interview with the incomparable legend kent blazy kent blazy welcome back to the show i know we just had you earlier in the year but some big big news congratulations on the country music, or excuse me, the Nashville Songwriters Hall of Fame. How are you? How does that make you feel? Well, it's a, a total honor. You know, I, I, when I came to town, uh, the first thing I did was join the Nashville Songwriters Association, which uh, has a lot to do with uh, the Hall of Fame thing. And, you know, you just, you go down there and you visit it and you see all the people that are in it and you dream one day you could possibly be in it um, and you aim for that. And then all of a sudden it comes true. So it was the second time I'd been nominated and I was hoping this second time would be charm, you know, and uh, it worked out. So it's really exciting. It's uh, a dream come true. And, you know, I'm just I'm loving it. I wish we could do the ceremony this year, but it's been delayed for a year. So uh, just with everything that's going on. And well, that um, means. That means they have a year to get Bobby Gentry out of her hole. And <laughs> well, you know, I look forward to that. Um, she's such an amazing talent. And um, it was interesting. I was just reading a review. Uh, you know, she put out that first album and was so huge. And then she put out another one and it was kind of a 60s time frame. And it was pretty eclectic and it didn't go over. But it's now finally X amount of years later getting noticed as really a great album. So it was kind of interesting to read that article and then uh, have her be nominated and get uh, chosen to go in there. Yeah. Yeah. There's some amazing, it's an amazing class. What do you feel it says about your, I'm going to ask you to brag on yourself for a minute. What do you feel it says about your, your songwriting and your ability as a songwriter? What does, what does this in, what does this honor say to you about your talent? Uh, I always, aimed to write songs that maybe lifted people up and, and touched people's lives, made them grateful for what they have or what they've done or what they choose to do. And I think a lot of the songs that I've had that have done that, that have been hits or near hits for people have kind of encouraged that out into the world. And that's, you know, truly my concepts from the time I came to town or even before was just to give people hope, give people faith you know uh lift them up make them be in gratitude for what they have and um i feel like my songs have done that and you know i've, I've been writing songs in nashville since 1980 and had all kind of eclectic songs recorded by people you would never dream about and so it's just one of those things of putting your head down and doing what you know you put here to do 
Yeah, and, and you already mentioned uh, Bobby Gentry, but Steve Earle, uh, Brett James, and Spooner Oldham are also being uh, inducted next year. And you guys will join 219 previously named uh, elite songwriters for this. What, what does it feel like to be just in with all of these people, and especially with this class uh, coming up, uh, well, this year, technically? Well, the interesting thing is, you know, Bobby Gentry and Ode to Billy Joel had such a, a big impact on so many people as far as storytelling, but also didn't really tell the whole story you had to infer. And so as a writer learning how to write songs, that was a big influence on a lot of people that I know. And then um, Spooner Oldham, I mean, he and Dan Penn are my heroes with that Memphis sound. You know, I've got every record that they've done together and uh, I'm a huge Dan Penn fan and he wouldn't be Dan without Spooner, you know, and uh, then Steve Earle, what can I say? I mean, he's the songwriter songwriter um, just came up from that Towns Van Zant, Guy Clark, Texas kind of thing. And man, so it's just an honor to be in with them. And then Brett, you know, I've done some shows with him. He's a fabulous entertainer, an amazing writer and just a great guy. So He's really the only one out of the, the bunch that I know, but I just feel honored to be in there with him. That's great. And that grinding you're hearing, we're here at Nashville Coffees on uh, on uh, Music Valley, Valley Drive, Drive across from the Grand Ole Opry. They were kind of right. nice to let us do this here. So promise it won't sound that bad on, on the actual recording, but... Uh, I thought a, maybe a, you're at the dentist or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I got that out of the way before I came. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So what else is going on? What else have you been working on since we talked to you? I know you had a COVID scare and you're good. Thank gosh you've come back negative. But what else have you been working on uh, since we last talked to you this summer? Well, the big thing was, you know, thanks to COVID and uh everything that happened i was down in west palm beach getting ready to do a benefit that i've done down there for 15 years with leslie satcher and the day of the show they canceled it and by the time i got home they canceled every gig that i had probably about for the whole year like they canceled so many other things and then nobody really wanted to get together to write because they were all scared so i just started writing by myself and the first song that I wrote was after the day after I got back, I wrote a song called Crazy Times. And it was one of those things of just being influenced by what everybody was talking about at the moment, but also aiming to give some people once again, hope and faith that we'll all get through this together, you know? And so that started me thinking, well, maybe I need to do a record. So as I kept writing and all that, I kind of got a bunch of songs together and thought, you know, I need to do a record in the middle of COVID. What else do you do? So I went to a sound emporium and uh, I should have named the record six masked men because <laughs> that's what it was so weird, you know, to everybody being in the studio and uh, sound emporium was really good on making sure everybody stayed six feet away, wore masks, did hand sanitizers and all that stuff. And so it was, it was really a weird experience, but it's a great experience that the minute we started playing as a band, because I always record everybody together because some of my favorite albums that were ever done, that's the way they were done. Nobody, you know, being in, in uh, New York, sending a track to LA or anything like that. We just all got in together. But the minute we started playing, I just started crying because it had been like four months since I'd played with anybody. And 
it was just an emotional experience to be making music again after not being able to do it with anybody for four or five months. So I love the way it turned out. Everybody was just so excited about being able to play again. And just to show you, we cut 11 songs in one day, which is pretty wow. unheard of. But everybody was just so psyched up to be doing it that it's it. yeah, it was just so much fun. Everybody had fun. It all went easy. It all turned out exactly how I wanted it to. And so that just kind of gave me, a, you know, a break from all this COVID stuff. And it put my energy into having to do an album cover and, you know, get it all mastered and mixed and all that stuff. And so it kind of took my mind off of what was going on around the world for a while, which I think was good. And you know, my target was to have be, people be able to listen to it and have it take their mind off of what's going on, too, or at least show them there's, you know, there's hope for the future that's uh, out there. So don't don't give up, you know, just kind of keep doing what we're doing. And uh, like I said, hopefully we all, all can pull together and get this thing gone. Oh, yeah, totally. And you said you guys did 11 songs in one day. How how long is that day? It was uh, in Nashville. They do like three hour session, then another three hour session and then another three hour session if you need it. But we actually ended up doing it in six hours. Wow. Wow. Start to finish, right? Yeah. Start to finish. Uh, then it all had to. Then we did overdubs the next day. We, I did all my electric guitar overdubs and stuff like that. And Steve Allen did his overdubs. And um, so the next day we we're in there maybe five hours. So. Wow. Yeah. All together, we put in maybe 12 hours. And then the other guy who's an amazing uh, guitar player, mandolin player, singer, uh, whatever, Josh Martin, he took he couldn't do the gig because he had uh, a gig up in Illinois he had to do. So I ended up just having him take the files home and add his stuff. And it was all fantastic. So That's great. it all just came together so easy. Uh, I'd never had a record come together at, at any easier th than that and just be so much fun and just so proud of it that uh, I'm looking forward to doing another one already. So let me ask you this, because we listened to me and Garth. It's a great record. Today that we're talking to you, it is, I think it's a national holiday every year since he's come back. Mm -hmm. I, we call this Garth Day because there's always a Friday in November where the yes. new stuff drops. Um Triple Live, your songs are on there. How does it right. make you feel when you when that stuff keeps coming out and it keeps selling like hotcakes? That he he still has that power because he's such a driver for the songwriters, you know, to know that your music, championed by Garth, will always be out there and will always be a part of the pop culture sphere in country music. Yeah, it's uh, you know sometimes when I think about that, it's it's mind boggling. And, um, you know, I kind of equate being around with Garth from the beginning when he was selling boots and cleaning churches, that it was almost probably like being around the Beatles when they took off. You know, mm -hmm. it was like one of the most unlikely things. And then, you know, two years later, you're riding a rocket with this guy to where nobody else has been before. And, you know, we're still friends. The first person that called me about the Hall of Fame thing was Garth. And, you know, he... Uh, he was he was as excited as I was for me to be in it. And that's just the kind of guy he is that we're still friends after all this time. And, 
you know, I've got a song on my new record that would be me without you that I wrote with him and uh, Mitch Rossell. That's one of my favorite new songs that I've done. And uh, he was very gracious to let me put it on the record. And, you know, that's we just have a friendship beyond a business thing. And um, that's not very likely these days in the music business. So that means as much to me as as anything else that, you know, he just keeps going back to the well. And I'm part of this whole Garth Brooks thing. That's a phenomenon. Do you have a song on fun? Uh, I do not have a song on fun. Um, I don't think I had any songs that were fun enough because <laughs> uh, I was hoping the one that I put on my record would be on there, but it's really not a fun song. You know, I think mm-hmm. it's a great song, but it just doesn't really fit that concept of what the record was. So um, now I wish I did, but, but I don't, but uh, you know, he always has an ear for the best song. So I feel like, well, I, I must not have had something that he wanted for that project because I did pitch him some things. But um, trying to find out where his brain is sometimes is an interesting thing, too. So he's usually, <laughs> he's usually about 10 steps ahead of everybody else. Yep. Right. And, uh, you know, it's it's uh, interesting being around him because uh, you just have to listen to everything he says because he's so so ahead of where you are and where everybody else is most of the time it's like two days later you go oh that's what he meant by that so it's uh it's interesting but um yeah anytime i'm not on a record i'm pretty disappointed but um it's also i just know he goes for the best songs and i can live with that yeah and um i know that garth celebrated your um you know your induction soon to be induction uh on uh his inside studio g facebook series now if i remember correctly did garth i know garth was like the first one to call you did he call you to tell you that you were in or did he just call to uh congratulate first no he he called to tell me i was in oh Uh, yeah and so you know, it was maybe a, a week before it was announced, so I couldn't tell anybody or whatever. But the minute that he knew, he called me. And then the minute that it was um, put out on the press, which was that Monday, he had me come on his show. So, you know, that's that's the kind of guy he is. And I, I think he got, like I said, as emotional or maybe more than I did. <laughs> He's a <laughs> sensitive guy. He feels it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's. But, you know, it shines the spotlight on you because the thing we don't like doing here, but we do, we do it anyway, is you, you stand alone on your own merit. You have some amazing songs. You have a, a great career. And anybody, anytime, well, well Garth, okay, you're, it's not the case, you know. You're just a damn good songwriter regardless of, of Garth Brooks's fame and the meteoric rise. And I love that you're going in because it means you get that recognition all on your own. Your work is popular. It's, it's not popular just because of Garth. It's popular because it's, it's damn good music. Well, thank you. You just made my day. Hmm. Are we done now? <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got about five minutes left. I mean, no, that's always been my target, you know, just yeah. uh, to write the best things that I can do. And um, I think that's part of the reason, you know, the last three or four albums and years I've done probably an album a year, but I just, I write what I choose to write these days. And I'm not really, I don't know, I guess I'm not country music anymore. I'm maybe more Americana or whatever, because I really don't 
I don't uh, jive with the uh, country radio these days as far as what they've been playing since it kind of moved into to bro country. And that's not yeah. dissing yeah. anybody at all. It's just what they write is not my life. And so I've got to write my life and experiences that I have with people I know or what I see out in the world. And um, it's it's just a different thing. And that's the great thing about it. Being able to do a, your own record is you can say whatever you want to say and, uh, well, and don't the, have to worry about anything. That's the challenging thing about the criterion going forward for the Hall of Fame. And I might offend people when I say this here, and Buddy, you, you'll probably agree that, like, okay, your songs are a part of pop culture. Your songs are because they're about everyday life. This bro country genre, the stuff that people know now, I don't think it rises to the level of somebody like a Kent Blazy to put the person who created the thing on the loop to get into the Songwriters Hall of Fame. So it'll be interesting to see what my life, writing my life, becomes as this bro country I think turns back to uh, f a focus on songwriting because I can't deal with that bro country stuff because no. it's not quality whatsoever. Well, you know, I don't want to sound like, you know, sour grapes or whatever, no. but it's like you look at the songs in the 90s and I call them pull over to the side of the road songs, you know, mm -hmm. like I would put If Tomorrow Never Comes and the dance and all those Garth things in there, but also like Walk Away Joe or the song Remembers When, uh, mm -hmm. Independence Day, all these amazing songs. And I don't really hear that many songs in the last 10 years that I think people will remember. I mean, for me, it's I Drive, I drive Your Truck and House That Built Me, you know, out of 10 years. And, um, you know, that's not putting anybody down. It's just where, where are these songs going to be? in 10 years or 20 years, you know, are they going to be the ones people remember or are they going to be the ones people did a mashup of eight songs? Cause they all sound alike. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, Kent Blazy, but you got anything else you want, you want to ask? I don't, I don't want to cut you off here. No, got uh, a few I, minutes left. Yeah. Kent, come on. I, ask me some more questions. I like to talk about me. <laughs> all right. Well, um, you said you'd like to put an album out a year. When can we expect uh, this one? And uh, are you working on one for maybe 2021? I am. I'm working on a 2021. Um, got, I don't think I have half of them ready, but I've got maybe three or four that I'm really liking. And uh, it just kind of fires me up to creating more. And, um, you know, I'm going to let this record, it's getting really good press reviews and all that while it's out there. So I'm going to let it kind of run its course. But, just kind of be putting things together and see how the next album plays. And this one to me was probably the most rocking one I've done and a lot of electric guitars on it, which is my true love. You know, before I came to Nashville, I was a, mainly an electric guitar player for people. And um, you move to Nashville and everybody writes on acoustic guitars and, you know, that's fine. But I finally started to get my electric back on and, that was a big blast for me is just being able to turn up in the studio and I guess get your frustration or aggression out on an electric guitar on a song. And, uh, Oh yeah. Can't really do that at the house. You know, it doesn't go over too good with the dogs or your wife when you crank up an electric guitar, but you know, try playing uh, drums. <laughs> yeah. Well, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> or a banjo. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that was a big, part of the fun was just getting in there and being able to play electric guitars and uh steve allen the other guitar player he's just fabulous 
and he kind of inspires me to uh to do even more than I usually do so it's kind of a I almost feel like it's a Keith Richards and Brian Jones thing when we're together or Tom Petty or uh Mike Campbell you know because Mm -hmm. we're kind of we come from the same background but we kind of fire each other up to push each other further and that makes it a lot of fun too well, one more before you go that came to mind. Um, I know you said you pitched Garth some new tunes for fun. You have any co-writes currently scheduled with him, perhaps that maybe will be on either one of your next records? Yeah, I've got one already that he's been talking about a lot on his show. And what's so funny? It's an old song, but he's got a mind like a steel trap, and he's played part of it for people on the show and I, he gets requests and I get requests. I want to hear the whole song. I want to hear the whole song and it's country as can be, but I'm thinking I may put that on the next. Which album one is it? I'm, I think I might've seen a YouTube video of a, of a session you guys had done in a live audience. I might know it. If you say, which one is it? It would be, uh, let me think of which one it is. Uh, the future ain't what it used to be. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a yes. And then there's a song on Garth and me, that neither of us could track down. Um, and the name of it's Escaping Me. You have a song on there that he never released on your Garth-centered album. And I wanted to ask you, was that a song you wrote that he never used, that he recorded, didn't make it to an album? The name of the song's Escaping Me, but it stuck out like a sore thumb because it's not well, there's any... A, there's actually two, and I did this to kind of uh, confuse people a little bit, but um, right before we wrote uh, Ain't Going Down Till the Sun Comes Up, he and I and Tim Williams wrote a song called Slow Down. Yeah. Mm. And uh, uh, we just thought Garth would record it. And um, instead, Chris Ledoux cut it, which was a big honor because, you know, Garth's such a big Chris Ledoux fan. And uh, I think Tim Williams said to Garth, well, aren't you going to cut uh, Slow Down on your next record? And he said, I'm not ready to slow down. So <laughs> then we wrote, ain't going down. But um, on the Fresh Horses album, he cut a song that I wrote with Harley Allen called The Only Good Years We Ever Had Are On My Pickup Truck. And um, <laughs> so he, he did that and it didn't make the record. So I ended up putting it on the record because um, I just wanted to confuse some people who would go, well, that's not a Garth song. And I can say, well, you know, Garth did cut the song. Uh, it just never came out on a record so far. So it's nice to have a Garth Brooks song that hadn't come out in the can because you never know where stuff's going to be released, you know, even work tapes and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah. yeah, there was two songs on there that weren't hits for Garth, but, um, the one that I wrote with Tim Williams and Garth slow down means a whole lot to me because it was the three of us, you know? And, uh, and then the only good years, it was just so funny because I think he was going to, he loved it because it was like an ain't going down kind of thing. But then I think maybe he thought it was, people would think it was a, a cut on his, his first wife, you know, and yeah. mm-hmm. I don't think he wanted that. So I just decided, well, I'll do it. Love that. Yeah. Well, you have seemed like you have a lot of pull with Garth. Maybe you could get him to release some of these things. <laughs> well, you know, just, just when you think you got a lot of pull with him, um, because it's interesting that, you know, I introduced Garth and Tricia to each other yes, because I wrote that. a duet where they had to come in and sing that song together. And that kind of started things rolling. And I always thought maybe he would record that. And so I'm always kind of asking him, well, when you did the duet album, don't you want to do that one? But 
you know, we'll see what happens when they do a duet album because it was a fabulous performance that they did. And, uh, you know, they, they would even be more fabulous now doing it because it was just in my little studio. It wasn't with a full Nashville demo or whatever. Well, you know what, Kent? We were we were looking forward to meeting you, but this worked out for the two of us to be together. You quarantined over there on the other side of town. We are so proud of you and so proud to know you after being a fan of your work for many years. We hope next time we're in town we'll get to link up and meet. And uh, once all this craziness passes, enjoy the holidays. Enjoy this year that you get to celebrate being inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame because, you know, they're doing it big. They're going to do that 50-51, so you'll all, yeah. 20 and 21, will all be inducted together, and um, enjoy this year. You've earned it. You deserve it. Your work is incredible, and people will remember the name Kent Blasey for years and years. Well, I always appreciate talking to you guys. You know, you make me, you make me realize to be even more grateful for what I have, and that's a a nice talent that you guys always bring out and I appreciate that. Oh, well, so thank you. Well, thank let's you. talk anytime we can. And I wish all the best for you guys too. And I look forward to uh, these crazy times being gone and we can get together and have lunch and celebrate that. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Wonderful. I can't believe we're here. I just can't right? believe we're sitting in a coffee shop three blocks away from the Opry where we were downtown last night. Walked all over. Going back. Going back this afternoon after lunch. We're headed to Country Music Hall of Fame this afternoon. Uh, this is obviously November 20th. Uh, so we're, we got a lot still ahead of us for today and tomorrow, Saturday before we head back Sunday. I'm really excited. I'm really glad to be here with you. It's been a shit year. Yeah. Just a complete shit year. <laughs> and that's the truth. And I, now we're staring face to face in Nashville. It's great. Thanks again yeah. to, what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say, yeah, and we didn't think this was going to happen. You know, our concert no. together was supposed to be Garth in Vegas. Maybe pushed to February. As of now, it is. Who knows? Um, and uh, I don't know. We, we just kind of saw a snippet of a show when a Chapel Heart premiered a new single, which is going to be on a, an no. episode as well. All right. Well, for the Music Universe podcast, thank you very much to Nashville Coffees. I'm Matt. And I'm um, Buddy. Thanks for listening. Keep checking out themusicuniverse.com for the latest news. Uh-huh.